0: Podcast, showing you how to reignite the embers of a distant and lonely relationship into a blazing, emotionally intimate connection. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now, let's learn how to create a soul crush in love that lasts. Get subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can rekindle your relationship by pouring a little gas on your relationship ember. This podcast is for informational purposes and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek a local couples therapist for relationship counseling for couples therapy. All right. welcome today i have some very special guests i have a couple here who's just a regular couple they're not relationship experts but they are people that have had to work on their marriage they've had to work on their relationship so that they can have a great love. And isn't that what we all want, a great love? So we've got Nancy Evans, Scott Aaron. They are a couple and they are people that I've heard about actually long before I knew them. Many, 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 many years ago, maybe like five or six years ago, somebody told me about this LinkedIn expert. And I was like, dude, who cares about LinkedIn? I don't care about LinkedIn. But this person was like, no, you got it. I heard this guy, Scott Aaron speak. He has so many, you want to think about LinkedIn. I was like, okay, sure, whatever. And then fast forward a few years later, where I'm working on branding and social media, Nancy Evans is who helps me out in that area. And she's always talking to me about LinkedIn. So, you know, many years later, I get on a call one day with Scott and now it all makes sense why I heard all about LinkedIn, but welcome. Thank you so much for being here today, you guys.
1: Thank you so much. We're uh, grateful to be here.
0: Yeah. Um, So tell us, can you tell me a little bit about, before we get into your backstory, tell us a little bit about your working together and, Just generally how that goes. Yeah, yeah. So well, <laughs> for those of you out there who
2: have never met us, um, we are a husband and wife kind of dynamic duo <laughs> when it comes to our business. Um, so I know a lot of people out there are like, holy cow, you are in business with your spouse. Yes. And we're actually one of the couples that thankfully, you know, a few years in, uh, we're making it work and actually loving, you know, working together. And, you know, we have multiple businesses that we run together. I have my agency that I head, um, and I'm the you know, main founder of. And then, you know, obviously we have Scott's LinkedIn business. uh, and then together just in this past year, we actually fused our zones of genius together and created a mastermind, a year long mastermind program, which has been phenomenal. So we absolutely work together. We live together. We eat together. We do all things together. um, but we love it.
0: Amazing. Scott, any, any words about what you think makes this husband, wife duo work together so well?
1: You know, we, we talk about it often that if we didn't end up finding each other the way that we did, we probably wouldn't be with anybody. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's the truth. You know, I, we, we have different backgrounds. You know, I, I've been uh, divorced twice. She's been engaged twice. And, um, you know, I, I have a son from a previous relationship. So I, I was bringing certain things into the relationship. She was bringing certain things into the relationship. And after we started to really kind of get to know each other and realize that we shared a similar brain, you know, we, we really found that the way that we coexist and co-work together, any other normal person that doesn't have our mentality, they would not be able to stand either of us. We. Uh, our work ethic, <laughs> our, our work habits, uh, th- the conversations that we have, it's like a foreign language to some people. So again, everything happens for a reason and for a purpose. And I always said to her from day one that um, it-, it took me 38 years to find her, but it was for <laughs> a specific reason.
0: It sounds like there's a lot of things that really drew you together, and I, the the shared brain that you two have, and all the different things that you have in common. It sounds like you found a special connection in each other.
2: Yeah, and and it's so funny too because a lot of people and the people that we train. They laugh because, you know, what we'll do is at the beginning of like our program, for example, we assign, okay, are you going to go down path with Scott, you know, to learn lead gen and sales, or are you going to go over here and learn some, you know, different things with Nancy, with strategy and operations. And, you know, it's really funny because working with everyone and they get a taste of both of us are like, man, you guys are like complete opposites. Like, you know, Scott is this way and he's very direct and very like, yes, and this is how you're going to do it. And then on my end, I'm very analytical and operational and I love to put everything in a box. And, you know, so it's really funny because we have completely different skill sets and we always say like, thank God we identified like what our strong suits were. Like, I mean, for him, he's great at putting himself out there. Every time we launch a program or a product, he is literally shouting it from the rooftops. Me, I'm under the rock doing all the behind the scenes, like leave me alone, like, um, you know, whatever. And so we realized that. And I said, you're, you're driving the bus, I'm in the back, you know, making sure that, you know, all this other stuff is built out. So we've early on communicated like, all right, this is your job. That's my job. Stay in your lane. I'll stay in my lane. Let's go. And so that's something that's really helped. And it's funny, that's how we kind of do things in the home as well, right? Like in a lot of people, in fact, my brother gave me this advice when he first got married. He said, Nancy, one thing that really helps is establish jobs, you know, or certain things that each other does. And he said, and I was like, what do you mean? he goes, for example, I take out the trash. It's a non, like, I don't even have to say it. She doesn't have to ask it. It's my responsibility. There, you know, therefore the trash is overflowing. You know, that's my, that's on me, you know? And then, you know, on her side, maybe she'll do, I don't know, something else in the house. Maybe she does laundry or something, but kind of setting that up where there's no argument. There's no like, oh my gosh, like what the heck? Like he takes out the trash without like, I mean, fail, like every single time it's up, I just know it's going to be handled, you know, on the other side of it thing, there's certain things that
0: I'll take care of, you know? So it's just, I think that that's important in business and in life. I mean, it sounds like what you recognize is you both have different strengths and weaknesses. And rather than be frustrated that the other person has a different strength or a different weakness, you use, um, what you both have to complement each other. And it sounds mm-hmm. like that happened with intention. You were like, ah, oh, this is the things I like. This is what you like. How do we blend those together instead of being frustrated about the differences? You make them work to your benefit. Yep, absolutely. So take me back to the very beginning. How did you two meet? <laughs> you want to tell the story? Sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so uh, I had just got gotten out of a, a long-term relationship uh, where you know, we parted ways, you know, I, I still believed in marriage and wanted to have more kids. And the person that, that I was with, you know, was on a different path than me. And it was just, it, it ran its course. So um, I ended that relationship and really just started focusing on me for the first time in a really, really long time. I, I hadn't been single for a while. Um, and it was really uh, impactful for me because I, I'm a very self selfless person. So I actually had time to be selfish for once and and really just do what I wanted to do, Um, whether it was just kind of date around or just focus on my my time with Taylor or my family and friends and just kind of got back to being me. And I remember I was down the shore uh, and it was uh, late August um, so it was about three months after almost four months after I had ended my relationship and I was, uh, you know, my, my sister had a conversation with me. She goes, what, what's your plan? What, what are you, what are you going to do? You're going to date. You're just going to be single. She goes, you're such a catch. And I'm like, I, yeah, Blair, I, I get that. I said, <laughs> "Yeah, well, I know, don't worry. I know." <laughs> I, I, no, I mean, it, like I, I, I knew I was, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, the, the, when I started to mentally think about going through the process again, you know, meeting someone and it, it
2: feels exhausting.
1: Yeah. It, it really kind of like, you know, I'm, I was 38 at the time, you know, um, <clears throat> Taylor was four years old and, um, I had introduced someone into his life for, you know, two years. So he got like, you know, that was a big adjustment also, you know, cause you're bringing someone else into that. And I, you know, I, I just said to my sister, I'm like, I don't know. I said, I, I, maybe I'm, I'm not supposed to be in a relationship. You know, I had been divorced twice and things just weren't working out. And she said, well, you don't know unless you try. And, you know, whether you've been married two times or six times and you have one kid or three kids, she goes, someone will love you for you. And I, and you know, my, my brother-in-law grabbed my phone. He goes, listen, he goes, let's download a dating app. And he goes, you, you, you work from home. You're an entrepreneur. You don't go out. uh, You're not going to meet someone the old fashioned traditional way. (laughs) So he downloaded Bumble on my phone and he did my profile for me.
2: And he had a picture of him in it.
1: Yeah. Like the profile (laughs) picture of me and him. I'm making
0: (laughs) this. I should be in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and we happened to be down the shore. I, I was hanging out at their shore house. So I was, I was in Jersey and she was the first person that popped up um when i logged on and i i swiped right and she swiped right and we had a match and it was funny i'm i'm like blair i'm like you'll never guess you know who uh who i matched with and she's like who i'm like a girl named nancy because that's my mom's name so
2: and my mom's name and my mother-in-law's like mother like, yeah. It's crazy. So
1: yeah. my, my wife and my mother-in-law and my mom are all Nancy. Yeah. So, so, you know, Blur's like, maybe that's a sign. And, uh, and, you know, like I, I was kind of getting back into the dating world and so was she. And we, we ended up uh, meeting in, in Princeton, New Jersey. We had a couple conversations on the phone first. We were texting a little bit and, and, you know, I, I like, Admitted, admittedly, admittedly i was way too serious um
2: <laughs> i told him i like got off the call i'm like this sounded like a job interview yeah i was like <laughs> i was i was wait, wait i was
1: i was trying to take myself too i'm a very goofy person so i was being
2: he was so not goofy the first like yeah a few months but yeah i broke through your hard candy shell
1: so we uh we had a first date and instead of bringing flowers, uh, I brought her a book called You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero, because we had talked about she's an entrepreneur and she was starting to run her business. And I'm like, a money mindset book is never a bad gift to give an entrepreneur. So, you know, we, we had a, a really like nice first date. You know, we, we had some drinks and, you know, talked and, you know, we, we ended the date you know just a regular goodbye and and it wasn't bad <laughs> by any means but you know this was it was around labor day so we kind
2: of just got like, I mean, and it was also like for me, I mean, on the other side of it, like my roommate, so I was running out rooms in my house to Princeton off campus, right? Graduates. And like, so my friend Annie, like who, you know, was one of my roommates actually was like, you got to download Bumble. And I'm like, absolutely not like no way. And I summer was actually yes. going out and I was like meeting people like, you know, in real life, <laughs> you know, I say in real life, but like, you know, this was like another avenue. And she said, you got to do it. She goes, I had the summer of yes. I went on all these things dates. It was wonderful. I'm like, fine. So yeah, Scott's the first person I swiped on and, you know, obviously got to chat with him a couple of times on the phone and, you know, finally, you know, we're able to meet. And um, what was your first impression? My impression. Him? Oh, I thought he was hot. I was like, ooh, like, you know, he wore like flip flops and he had like this little, you know, so instantly I was like, ooh, I like, you know, like definitely from my, um, you know, chemistry standpoint, Physical I was standpoint. feeling it. Um. So anyway, so we sit down, we ended up not having dinner, which again, I wasn't used to the whole dating and knew that you had to have drinks before, you know, you went to the next stage. So I'm here starving. I made dinner reservations. Well, I thought like we were going to
1: eat. I was starving too. I thought it was just drinks. Well, he
2: he's like or you know, oh, you, you know, just the drink, drink menu or something and I felt silly and I'm like, uh, no. So anyway, I ended up hangry um by the end of that that one. But it was funny because in our conversation when we actually met that first, you know, and we were kind of going through our thing, um I made fun because there's a book called um The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim <laughs> Ferriss and in the book he teases and he says, you know, I don't want to be, you know, a, a guy in his 40s with a red BMW, like, and he was joking. And so here I am, like, kind of laughing about it. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, you don't need all these different, you know, so here I am going on the spiel. And when we parted ways, Scott goes and walks to his BMW and was I like red? walk the other way. <laughs> so I called my best friend. I'm was like, oh red, my though. God. I was like, I feel so stupid. He didn't even say anything about it. So anyway, it was really funny because again, we had a Good first date. It wasn't like, oh, my God, like fireworks, rainbows, stars or anything. Um, And we didn't talk to each other again for like another few months, two and and a half months. So
1: we we kind of parted ways and and like she went down uh, the shore for, for Labor Day and I was kind of doing my own thing. And, you know, we just got caught up in the throes of life. And, you know, we became friends on Facebook. So she started like liking and supporting some of the stuff I was putting out on social media. And then in the month of October. Uh, of 2017, mm-hmm. uh, I was doing this uh, like a gratitude challenge, like a 30 day, you know, be grateful challenge. Yeah, 20 yeah, yeah 2017. Um, and she started participating. So I, I that so nice. Yeah, I, I texted her and I said, Hey, I know it's been a while. You know, thank you so much. You know, for supporting my challenge. You know, let's definitely grab some lunch or something. You know, it, it's it's been a while since we connected. She said, Great, let's do that. So we had a second date. Uh, and this is now about two and a half months later. Um, and, you know, it was a lunch date. It was a, it was it was raining. I was um,
2: flustered. I was having was, a bad day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and and so, you know, we, we did order lunch, but I ended up eating her. She wasn't yeah, really wasn't too hungry. hungry. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I felt like there was still more to get to, to know her. And, you know, I'm a very persistent person, but I'm also I'm very structured. And, you know, if, if I like someone, I'm, I'm not going to be shy about it. And before our, our second date ended, uh, I said, let's let's go out to dinner again. Let's let's go out. Let's let's get our calendars out. Let's let's put something in the calendar.
2: And it's so funny he did that because that could have been it. Like, cause seriously, I was so flustered that day. It was kind of like, oh my God, like, you know I was just out of it and I had spent like $30 to park. I was just, it was a bad day. And, you know, I even say at this point if he had not locked in a date and said, you know, we're going to get together let's make it happen. I mean, it would have probably not happened again. So that was good move on your part. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So um, we, we got our phones and we we put in a date and it was uh, November sixth, um, twenty seventeen, and this was about three weeks later. So from the time that we actually connected on Bumble uh, to the time that we had our third date, which was the date, yeah. uh, it was almost three months. So it it was a you know it, it was spread out and, and it gave us the, that time um, to be single. And to kind of date around and see what we did or didn't want, and the third date was kind of like the epic,
2: bull, like the done, date done. I um, <laughs> was like, we could have got married after the third date. Yeah, that was I it. mean, it
1: was it was a six hour date. You know, we we were just meeting for dinner and drinks. um, Got there at. at at six, it was another rainy night,
2: it was a rainy Tuesday. I, I sat us right in front of the door. Like I wore galoshes. It was like, whatever, like, yeah. And
1: we ended up having appetizers and then drinks and, and dinner. And then other people started buying us drinks. Like it yeah. was like this really like magical night. So, you know, there were just so many interesting things that happened. I went to go to the bathroom and I, I came back like, so we, I started seeing in the corner of my eye, there was this guy
2: he looked like Dwight Schrute. Yeah, he
1: looked like Dwight K. Schrute. He was putting up like all these like Christmas lights and he was setting up like a DJ booth. And I'm like, what's going on here? So I go to the bathroom and I come back out and there's like this like eighties music love
2: ballad, like love ballads. Yeah.
1: And I, I sit down and and Nancy's like, I, um, I requested this for you. <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" I'm like, what? And, and she's like, no, no, I'm kidding. So, so we end up like going, you know, further down, just connecting with each other on this date. And the conversation got to the point where Nancy made a statement uh, where she's like, you know, I've gotten to the point in my life as a woman where my body knows if <laughs> I'm attracted to another person, like my body tells me <laughs> if I'm attracted to the person. So I said, what's your body think of me? And Great question. She, she didn't say anything. All she said was, she gave me two thumbs up. So, ended the date. I walked her to our car. We had the most classic middle school make-out like make session, yeah. like, against the car, like, totally in sucking face, in the rain. Or um, in
0: your own world. You're not even noticing the rain coming yeah, down. And,
1: and And that was it. Like, it was... You know, we, we got engaged a year to the day, um, same place. We went we went out to dinner and it was funny um, about three or four months later. It was our first Valentine's together. It was February of 2018. I, I planned this whole bed and breakfast getaway in New Hope, which is our favorite place to go. You know, made a dinner reservation at Carla's where our magical date was. And She ended up running into um, one of her, her ex's friends who she became close with and and her now husband. They're both musicians and artists and they were having like an open mic night. So they came over to meet me and they were, you know, talking to Nancy and we were telling them about our like epic date from November 6th. And, and we explained all these weird things that happened with the DJ and the lights and, and they're like, oh, it was a full moon party. And I'm like, <laughs> we're like, what do you mean? They're like, every full moon, Uh, they have a DJ come in and put all these Christmas lights up and all the townies come in and we have this like epic party together. So we didn't know it, but we were actually, our epic date was on a full moon. So, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we, we just, you know, we, we started dating. It's such a, a great time of year. It was right around the holidays. So our first like five or six dates as an official couple were all like holiday themed. We went to go see Christmas lights. We saw the nutcracker we just did a lot of fun stuff and it was such a great way to get to know each other. And, you know, I would say the highlight was um, the Electric Light Orchestra, right? No, not Electric Light <laughs> Orchestra, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, awful. <laughs> um, which, you know, we, we just we had a lot of fun and we still do, but yeah. it, it made it very, very memorable.
0: Interesting, A lot of people go out on one day. They're like, ah, uh, wasn't for me, but it took till three dates before it sounds like fireworks kind of oh. went off for you, too.
2: Well, and that's what like it, it all for me, like what Scott said, right. That was the longest time he had kind of been single. Same thing for me. Like I gave myself like over six months. I mean, it was almost like nine months for me to actually being serious and getting into a relationship. So I actually gave myself that buffer where I normally would jump from relationship to relationship, uh, long-term relationship. I didn't do that. So I worked on myself. I focused on confidence, like, right. Knowing what I wanted. And that's again, why I think we work so well, because if anyone's going to take up my time and make me not a single lady anymore, but he better be somebody pretty darn awesome, you know, who's going to be worth it. And so that's where I think we came together at such a great you know, time where we were ready and we knew exactly Mm -hmm. what we
0: wanted, you know? It sounds like you you were ready, both of you. You've done some work. So it sounds like you know, you're know you going to these holiday celebrations. It's a magical time of year. What was the communication like in that early phase of dating, that first year before you got engaged?
1: Go um, ahead. We're both avid readers and into personal development and mindfulness. And very early on, I asked her, I said, What's, what are your love languages? And it's one of my favorite books. She had read it. Because I wanted to make sure from day one that I filled her cup the way that she wanted me to fill her cup, and, and vice versa. So having that open communication from day one, uh, knowing you know acts of service and physical touch, and you know things that that I know she loves. Uh, I, I was going to continue to to fill her cup because she loves those those little things that you know she'll notice that I've done that really just makes her feel better. And For me, I'm I'm words of affirmation and, and physical touch. I'm I'm a very you know just yeah. tell me you love me. Well, and, you know,
2: yeah. And the other thing with you know with him too is is like he went through you know, some pretty serious long-term relationships and like kind of learned a lot from those. Mm -hmm. And then same thing with me, you know, even though I wasn't married, I was with, you know, three, four years, five years was, you know, the last one. So it's like, I kind of took the things that I learned from those relationships and what I didn't want and how I didn't want to be, and maybe how I wanted to change things for myself. And I just feel like we're getting the better almost the best versions of ourselves, you know, with each other because it's kind of rounded out our rough corners.
1: Yeah, we you know? ra- we ran parallel lives because both of us are ultra givers. So in our previous long-term relationships, we were the ones that were giving 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 yeah. and we weren't getting met halfway back. And and I remember I've been an avid avid um, proponent of of therapy, you know, I've been seeing a therapist on and off. For the last eight and a half years. It helped me tremendously. You know, we go to sessions if we need something like when we were she was converting or just in general, like starting a family. Like we love having that that neutral third party there with yeah. us.
2: It's always proactive mm-hmm. counseling i mean is huge. huge i think for any relationship i mean especially if you've been together longer than 2 years 3 years or even you know whether it's even just dating still you know i just think it is something so smart for couples to do because it also forces you to right almost like recalibrate like, is there anything on your mind? Is there anything going on having that neutral party saying, Hey, you know, just, you know, so it's definitely like, I mean, I think that's huge.
1: And I remember towards when I, when I ended the the last long-term relationship, I was at my therapist office and, and we were, I had this like revelation with her and, and she's like, well, you're telling me all the things that you're doing and that you're giving. And she goes, what are you getting back? And it was like, kind of like that smack in the face. I was like, Oh shit. You know, like,
2: <laughs> here we go again, here we
1: go again. You know, I've I, I've, I've gotten to that relationship. And I, and I think the, the main, one of the main reasons why Nancy and I really, really work is we're both givers and we're very selfless and we have very appreciative people. So I appreciate all the things that she does. She appreciates all the things that I do. Um, I mean, she said it very early in our relationship that we water each other and, and, and that's, how, that's how you grow together. Uh, And we've really been open with our communication from day one. And I remember, you know, I was working through some, some of my own personal stuff where. Oh, here's
2: communication bomb.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Where I I would, I would, I would slip back into, into victim mentality from my past. It was like an old pattern that I would go into. And I remember it was the night we were going to the Nutcracker and, you know, we always bring these conversation cards and we love playing games together. And, you know, she said, from today moving forward she goes you are not to be a victim anymore you own your stuff stop pointing the finger turn it to yourself she goes I'm not going to hear it anymore and (laughs) and it was but it was it it was the harsh words that I needed to hear because you know I was so used to like you know that that old mentality go going down that rabbit hole being a victim Oh, oh oh it was me and you know and, and, and that helped, like I I needed someone to kind of like smack me in the face, so to speak and say, no, listen, you're not a victim anymore. Own your stuff and let's move on. Let's not, let's not, you know, marinate on this, but let's move through it together. And in the same respect, she's gotten so much better at expressing how she feels. Um, You know, I I was a, a feeling stuffer when I was younger. And then I learned as I got older that, that's never good for anyone. If there's a way that you feel, you express it, you talk about it. And that's something that she's gotten so much better at as, you know, if there's something on her mind and I can tell when something's on her mind, like from from the (laughs) get-go, but in the beginning of the relationship, you know, she didn't know how to express certain things to me about how she was feeling. So it's not that it came out in a, in a, in a different way. It just came out in a very, emotionally exaggerated way that she recognized and she goes, if I just would have said something when I initially felt this way, we wouldn't be right here so we learned from all those lessons together
2: yeah i used to i mean i was a class i was classic case of like just stuffing things in a jar and once it got so filled you know then it'd be Pops. kind of pop the top and you know i was dealing with a lot of things right like in entrepreneurship i was running my business i was dealing with financial things i was dealing with taxes and every, you know like all these things and so i felt very at times like just overwhelmed like it's i would horrible. get myself so worked up that i would get sick And, um, you know, there was a lot to that. And then layered on top, I was still cyclically going through, like, you know, losing my dad. So like, I would just feel like crying out of nowhere. And I'm like, why do I feel this way? And then I just wasn't acknowledging my feelings. And so it was just all these things, but like Scott actually had introduced me to one of his friends, remember Annette? Mm -hmm. Um, and she did a session with me. And as soon as I got on camera, she goes, Nancy, Do you need to cry? I feel like you need to cry. And I just started sobbing and like it hurt. My throat hurt. Like that's how bad I walk, I walked around with that pain. It was right here. Well, her throat chakra was yes. My throat chakra was like all junked up. It was like right here. And I just felt like I was carrying this, like it was almost like somebody was just gripping me up. And you know, as soon as I did that, and Scott made it a safe place where I could do that. You know, if you, you know, and again, anyone listening to this who has a significant other or, you know, has a a partner, like, I think having that in Scott, a safe place where I can communicate my feelings, right. And it's something we don't really talk about a lot. Yes. There's communication in day to day and whatnot, but when it comes to actually being a, a voice and an ear, even, you know, to listen, um, to feelings and emotions and things like that, because, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself and even NLP, you know, I'm NLP certified now which is neurolinguistic programming. And that's like working through your shit. You know, it's like, let's process it. Let's digest it. Let's, you know, move forward with it. And so, you know, that's so important. And if you can't do that with your partner, right. And be able to cry in front of them and be able to feel feelings. I mean, you know, this past year, you know, I went through cancer, you know, at 30, how old am I? 36. <laughs> like, I don't even know anymore. You know, 36 years old, you know, got, the crazy news, you know, that I had to go through cancer and deal with all that. And Scott's just like, we're in this together. Like just even saying it like makes me want to tear up because he's like, we're a team. We've got this. And all I can think of is like, for every couple that's out there that might feel so insecure, you know, about themselves and might feel like, Oh my God, now I got to go through this. He's not going to want me anymore. Or love me. You know, here's Scott ready to like, you know, bring trays of dinner to my, you know, to my bed and hose me down like Igor, like, you know, I'm in the shower, like keeled over, like literally was just like so ready and available. And it just, you know, I'm just so appreciative to have a partner, you know, who we have that kind of relationship and you know, that I can trust him and he's like, literally like my, BFF, you know?
0: So, yeah, and it sounds like you two have done a few things that are really stout to me here, which is one, you talked about watering each other, like often people are like, Oh, is the grass greener on the other side. And it's like, no, the grass is greener where you water it. It sounds like from yourself, the work you've both done, the self-help you, you know, that you have to work at something to make it work. And so Scott, you're like, it's five love languages. Let's talk about them. And actually in my online course, communication cures even though the five-level languages aren't directly communication in a way they are, but but if you're adding like positives to your overall relationship, your communication is going to be better when your relationship feels better. So you didn't know this, but that's actually a module in my course is going over those and learning how to water uh, each other. And I, I think what another thing, Nancy, that you just touched on is all the way Scott was there for you, but what I'm really hearing is this willingness, a willingness to be there for each other. And it sounds like Scott was describing earlier, like he had to be willing to look at not speaking like a victim because that was not something you could handle. And then he has asked of you to be willing to articulate your feelings maybe sooner or in a different way. And these were some places you had to communicate a little bit differently for each other and for yourselves. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What what do I say to you all the time? Speak your truth. Speak your truth.
0: (laughs) What do you think has been the biggest lesson you've learned about communication in your relationship so far?
1: That communication will make or break a relationship. 100%. It's, it's one of like, it's now so it's such an unconscious thing for us now for us not to talk about something that's weird. Like we enjoy talking through things and talking about things and bouncing things off of each other because your, your wife and husband, your partner becomes your best friend. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, we, we, we said this very early on that, the, the amount of time that we spent together um, even when we first started dating because we we work side by side you know if you think about most couples most marriages right that that, that don't work for themselves they work for someone else you know they, they meet up in the morning you know they go their separate ways they, they go to their nine to five then they come back they have dinner they talk a little bit then they go to bed like we're around each other 24/7 365 and not not for a second have we ever gotten sick of each other now I mean there's times where she needs her girl time in her space and you know I have my guy time and you know I'll take Taylor to a baseball card show and she'll kind of work on her stuff but having that open and honest communication about anything that we're feeling personally about myself about herself about something that we need to talk about that will make or break a relationship if you look at a lot of the successful relationships, you know, and you ask people, well, what's what's the key to a successful, not marriage, successful relationship? That could be friendship, that could be a business partnership, and that could be a, a, a marriage. All three of those, the same answer is communication. If you can't communicate with a friend the right way, if you can't communicate with your partner, if you can't communicate with your business partner, you're destined for failure because something will get misconstrued, something will not get talked about, something will get stuffed away, and it will amount to something else that cannot be repaired.
2: Yeah. And there's like a couple things on that, that like Scott has taught me, like, you know, one, like he always made it a big point. Like you got to date your spouse, (laughs) you know? And for me, that's huge. Like I have to make sure, in fact, it's always, and I'm telling him all the time, like we have to, you know, some nights we'll play Scrabble or some nights we'll do conversation cards. Like, and it, Conversation cards are my favorite. Oh, I think they have built our relationship into something
0: completely different than it might have not have can you never explain been. Explain what a conversation card is for people that are listening. Are like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, so you can you can go on Amazon. So they there's a, a bunch of different companies, but basically from the get go, Nancy ordered these conversation cards and they're conversation starters. So you can bring them to a, a party with friends to get to know the couples better. Um, or there's ones that are for when you're dating someone, and it's questions. So everyone has a bank of questions unconsciously that you always ask people because it's it's things that you've either been asked or things that that you want to ask someone, and it it pulls out these questions that you may have not thought about asking someone, like you know what's your most favorite childhood trip, and. Nancy would have to answer it and then it stems up and it brings up something for me like oh I remember the one time so it's a, a great way to get to know that person better in a more deeping deep and meaningful way and I Amber I'll, I'll tell you every time we they don't we don't go out to dinner without them when, yeah. when we can go out to dinner yeah um, every time we would go out to dinner we would bring a box of conversation cards. Order our food, sit them on the table, and just start firing away. And it's interesting all all the couples around us would kind of like <laughs> peek over and and what are they doing? And meanwhile, we're just talking back and forth the entire meal. And you know, there's other couples that are like you know this on their phone or they're, they're just kind of looking around yeah. like I. I always want to find out something new about her and and vice versa. She wants she always wants to find something about me. So if you just go on Amazon, just type in conversation cards, it's so much fun because you know a lot of people. In the very beginning of a relationship, you want to know everything about the person. So, you know, conversation flows really easily. We can talk about anything, but, you know, the fact, you know, if you're having mm-hmm. trouble communicating with your spouse and, you know, you want to kind of lighten up your dates a little bit, go get some conversation cards. It's, it's, it may be a little weird at first, cause you're like a- a- asking questions like a game show, but it does open up different realms of that relationship where you're finding out things that you would have never known before yep. if you didn't ask.
0: Yeah. Those are great, and what actually you might not know, this is what you're talking about. You're creating what's called a love map of your partner's inner world. So what that is is understanding the knowledge about them, different points of knowledge across time, and creating an inner map of their inner world. And we do that by asking questions, remembering answers, and a love map in combination with a few other things as the foundation of friendship, which is one of the foundations to a Mm long-lasting, satisfying relationship. And in fact. The Gottman's research shows that 70% of long-term relationship satisfaction, romance, and passion is accounted for by friendship. And one of the main tools mm-hmm. to get it is exactly what you're talking about. It's asking questions, getting to know each other, and those cards are just a great tool to do that. So, that's,
1: and, and that's we awesome. play trivia games too, but I beat her every time.
0: Because <laughs> okay. like, you're older. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, so yeah. I'm hearing a lot of like really proactive, um, the good times with communication. Um, Do you two, if if you can, can you think of a hard time where communication maybe hasn't come easily between you two and how you overcame that challenge? I think
2: for me, it's um, when we let it go for too long that we don't um, try to like communicate. And I'm trying to think of some examples. Like, you know, I did say to him a few months ago, I'm like, we need to spend more time. So yes, we're together all the time, but we're not together. So I actually said to him, I'm like, we need to put the cell phones down and we need to actually have like a you and me, like, you know, nights. And you kind of have to proactively do that. Otherwise she life gets away from you. Right. Like, and you come home, you don't, you know, you're doing something else. Right. So that's been a conversation where it took a little bit, where I think it finally built up with me where I'm like, I just feel kind of disconnected, like, you know, love wise, like with us. And I just feel like we need to kind of reel it in. And the longer you're together with someone, right. The the more that kind of starts to, you kind of start to have that more of those I don't know, like it starts to space out a little bit more. And so I did tell him, and that's when we started playing like Scrabble more. You know, we started, we haven't done conversation cards as much lately, but I think those are great ways to kind of reel it back in. Um, it's funny. I just downloaded this app where I can add all my family's anniversaries and birthdays and things like that. And it reminds me like a couple of weeks before to send a card and stuff. So I actually am starting to add, you know, key things for us, maybe like our anniversary or um, you know, maybe a reminder that we need to go on a vacation or something, you know, I'm putting them in there. Cause I'm like, if we don't remind ourselves and again, kind of proactively um, make sure that that's on the radar, we just get lost in life, you know, and even for people who work together and live together, like you've got to make an effort to make that a priority. And I think so many people goal set where they plan out goals in their business, but they don't do it in their life. And it's like, that's huge, you know, for us to, you know, yeah, to do.
0: It sounds like for you, you notice the feeling, the disconnection, and you have to be willing to notice that and then be willing to articulate a solution to him. And in doing so, you've been able to make some game nights like Scrabble or Trips and find a way to be spending more time together to have that need met, but you have to articulate it
1: totally. Yeah, I I mean, you have to be proactive in a relationship. You you can't be passive. You know, if if you don't proactively communicate what it is that you want or what it is that you need or a certain way that you're feeling it's, um, you know, it, it's going to, you know, dissipate. And, you know, Nancy, just uh, expectations versus observations. So, you know, you, you we're not mind readers, so we, we can't expect to be perfect all the time. And, you know, observing certain things within the relationship, and if something needs to be kind of said, um, you know, to her point, um, I also didn't like the fact that you know, we weren't nourishing our brains enough at night. So I instituted like a 15 minute reading of our books before we even turn on the TV. I said, let's disconnect from social media. Let's disconnect from TV. Let's read together. Let's share what we've learned in our books that we're reading. Um, And she gives me, you know, book reports and and lessons to learn. And, you know, this is what you're going to read next. And, (laughs) and, and And it's, and it's good. And then, you know, in the same respect, you know, she instituted the other day that, you know, once we're done work, which we we drew a line in the sand, 6 PM, no more work. That's it. You know, let's put the cell phones down. Let's cook dinner together. Let's have dinner. Let's, let's talk, you know,
2: that's another one actually that popped up that was annoying the heck out of me. Right. Like I was like, for example, I was taking out the dogs and like he was talking on his cell phone, but I thought he was talking to me. And so I'm like having a conversation with him. I'm like, how the hell? Like, you know, like he was like, like talking on his stupid cell phone. So I was like, you know what, that bothers me. And I let it out. And like for so many people in the old Nancy would have contained that. And I would put that in my little bottle jar, you know, that was going to bottle up and explode. But instead I addressed it. I said, I don't like this. You know, we're yeah. cooking dinner together. Put your phone down. Yeah, she wasn't. Present. I mean,
1: she wasn't mean about it. She goes, yeah. listen, she goes, just like we, you know, just like we're reading at night, like, let's, yeah. you know, before we start reading, let's take that two hours and we don't need to be on social media. Let's just put our phones down and just yeah. kind of hang out and just, you know, do whatever. And then, you know, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, cause th- there's, th- that's the thing. There's so many couples that, you know, you, you have to break those social addictions that you're used to and, and social media and our phones are absolutely yeah. an addiction. And, and there's people that just kind of like, can't put them down. And for us, You know, we know once our workday ends at six o'clock, there's nothing that we need to check email wise because we don't even respond to emails or anything after six o'clock. So why are we even opening it? And we don't need to see what's going on on social media. It's done. It can wait till the next morning.
2: Yeah. And I'll say like one thing that I learned and Scott mentioned it, the expectations versus observations. I actually read a blog like and this was years ago and it never left me like it was so impactful. They basically said in a relationship, you need to stop having expectations and instead observations. Right. And so they said they gave an example of a husband and wife and let's say the the wife is a stay-at-home mom and she's got three kids at home and then you've got the husband who has you know goes to work 9 to 5 every day. Well, the husband that's ex- relying solely on expectations, right? He expects to come home, have dinner on the table, everything's ready to go and he that's exactly what's in his mind. Anything less, he's going to get ticked off and he's not going to be happy. So then you look over here and then there's this guy who is in observations. Well, let's say it was a crazy day. The kids are throwing food everywhere. Nobody wants to do everything and dinner's not on the table. It's not ready. Okay. The person who's in expectation comes home, dinner's not ready. The wife's running around like crazy saying help, like, you know, and the the husband's already angry because the dinner's not on the table. It doesn't even ask what's been going on. Then you look over here in the observations and it's the person who gets home and goes, oh my gosh, It looks like some wild stuff's going on. Let me go make some PB&J for the kids and let me jump into action because you're observing, right? You're you're being aware of the situation. And rather than say, I expected to come home and it's not done and you're like already angry, like you got to flip that. And so for me, that was huge because it's like, If I ever expect something of him, like, right. Think about that, how passive aggressive we become when we just assume like, oh, well, I just assume, you know, we're going to go on a date this week or I just assume, you know, you're going to do this for me or I just assume. And then when those things don't happen, we, we let ourselves down, right? We get let down and it adds up and it adds up and then you get resentment and then you start hating the person and then you're like, ugh, I hate this relationship. This sucks. I want out, you know? But no, instead let's observe what's going on. Let's communicate. Let's actually say if something's frustrating us. It's like give each other a fighting chance for God's sake. Yeah, <laughs> like, the, the, the,
1: the big thing with me is I live in observation, so
2: oh perfect <laughs> like mr perfect
1: no 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 i i do and she'll she'll like and, and, it, and it's it's no no it's funny because she'll come out and she'll be like did you do that did you do this and she goes you're amazing yeah because like um but because I, I, i'm so i'm always sensory aware of what's going on with our house or certain things like I'm just, I'm always, I'm very, I'm a very present minded person. Like I'm, you know, yes, I have a lot of things going on in my mind, like when it's related to work, but if I'm, you know, if I see dishes in the sink, I'm like, that doesn't belong there. That goes in the dishwasher. Or if the the trash can is full, I'm like, all right, time to take it out. Or if I know that she has calls that are running back to back to back to back and we're going to be cooking dinner at six. If I'm done a little bit earlier, I'll go take the dogs out to you know pee poop and eat dinner. So that's done. So we can just get ready. So, or, or I'll start cooking dinner without, or if I know she's running a little late, I'll get a head start. So I'm um, like, once, once my day is done, I kind of switch over into that observation mode. Like what, you know, do I have to switch over the laundry? Do I need to throw anything in? I kind of go through my my mental checks of what's going on around me. If there's anything that I need to do.
2: But like, how did that happen with you? Cause like, you haven't always been like that, mm-hmm. right? Like, so that took a little bit of like, Oh
1: yeah. I was a slob. I, <laughs> I, I remember my, my old house in South Philadelphia. I, you know, there, there would be fruit flies at some point. Like I, I used to just let dishes just sit and sit. I, don't believe and it. I swear yeah. to God. Um, like garbage. I would like sit there till it smelt <laughs> like. But I, I mean, I was immature and, Feel and bad you, for you, week number
0: one. you
1: you, you <laughs> learn you learn to 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 mature and you and and again, I think it's me just with the, the communication factor with her uh, understanding. You know that that you're a team. I can't expect her to do certain things. And in all honesty, Amber, it feels good for me. Like I love doing it. Like it feels good. It, it, and it's not to, to satisfy her, like like her happiness and joy from me doing something without her asking. Like that makes me feel good. But I love a clean house. I love getting stuff done. I love organizing things where, you know, like she'll come out and I'll, I'll have a record on and, you know, I'll have a bottle of wine undone or whatever it is. Like I just I I like doing that kind of stuff. It 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 fills me, but it also fills her.
0: That I'm fearing in this as well. And it sounds like Nancy pointed out you've transitioned into this person, but you're again, choosing to be on her team and you're choosing to compliment each other. So you're like, oh, she's back to back, therefore she's not free. So you're making the choice to compliment whether that's making the dinner or taking out the garbage. You're, you're choosing to like work together and be like, okay, we are better off together if I handle some of these things rather than just like leaving it or getting upset that she's late. It sounds like there's an intentional effort to work as a unit. Okay, so we're almost out of time. So this is gonna be a rapid fire question. I want you to, as short of an answer as possible, explain what you each, what your favorite thing is about how the other person communicates to you.
2: (laughs) Favorite, um, I would say he's very open. Like I never, like, I, I really do feel like he's very open and, you know, like says if things are upsetting him, he gives me feedback like right away. So I feel like I like that
0: feedback. Okay. Scott, you,
1: I would say uh, Nancy, not letting things boil over. Um, If something doesn't feel good, she's very direct and straightforward with exactly how she feels. And if it was something that uh, unconsciously I did what I can do to improve and, and how we can be better together.
0: direct and straightforward. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong earlier, you said something really important. Like she told you how she felt, but not mean. And I would, I would wager that that's an important piece of this as well. She's direct and she says what she wants, but she's not mean when she does it.
2: He does. You can't be like, I think if you're passive aggressive, which I've seen so many couples be passive aggressive, there's no, I'm sorry. I have no tolerance for it. Like it's so hateful and it's so awful. And it's like, what, got to that point like i mean if you're communicating openly you're sharing with people's feelings and you're being respectful of each other there's no reason why you should be treating this person or being passive aggressive or being nasty You know, but if you can't have open communication like this and respect each other and actually listen to each other, because here's the thing, like, I guess I would be pretty nasty if Scott was like, yeah, whatever girl, like whatever, then maybe, okay, that would be a different story. But that's why I think it is so important to your point, Amber, like it's gotta be, you gotta be on each other's team. You've gotta be willing to open, be open and listen to each other and have that respect for each other, you know, but I just... You can't be passive aggressive. You got to be kind. <laughs> yeah, we,
1: we, we haven't yelled at each other. Like we don't yell. Like we've never really, it's funny. We're, we're going on year five together and we real, like we've had some disagreements. Like yeah. we've, we've had some tough conversations Um, but nothing where it was like all a blow, a blowout where someone's sleeping on the couch and the others, like, it's never,
2: I can't even imagine it ever getting there. I mean, honestly, like and and emotional maturity is another thing. Like, you know, I'm not going to yell at you out of emotional rage, like, because I'm feeling emotional at this moment. Like, you know, it's, and, and how I'm feeling right now, like what's causing this? Like, it's almost like, all right, let's get down to under the like, bottom where's it coming from? rather than like, bah! you know, like, you yeah. know, just being overly, you know, I think being emotionally mature about it is huge. And I think honestly, like when it comes down to it, like there's no reason to have those screaming arguments. If you're listening to help. each other, if you're hearing each other out, you know, if you're taking the time to actually acknowledge and, you know, process things or whatever, there
0: should be no need for it. We have you know?
1: two two ears and one mouth for a reason.
0: Yeah. We do, we're quite stuck. Yeah. Well, right? well, thank you so much for sharing so much about your story and I think one of the things, there's a few things I'm struck with and it's one, just your willingness to be a team together. I'm struck by, again, it sounds like when you each voice a concern to the other, you're not just like, hey, "Okay, whatever, it's your problem. You're like, oh. I hear your concern, how can I honor that? Whether that's putting the phone down when you're making dinner, um, think about how you're managing emotions when you communicate, thinking about your mentalities, you're open to getting that feedback, which I'm sure makes it easier to communicate with each other. If you get a favorable response, it increases the likelihood you're gonna do it again, probably, I would guess. You're both nodding at me, people can't see that, but but would you agree with that, that that increases the chance, yeah?
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: And then I've just really, again, another thing I've heard is just that emphasis on building that friendship. And it takes on different shapes and forms given you work together, but it sounds intentional as well. Like, oh, we need a date nighter right now. It's fun to just be work, but it sounds like there's an ebb and flow and you just are in touch about it. Absolutely.
1: You got to You got to find common ground with each other, things that you love doing separately, but also things that you love doing together. And we found those.
0: Okay. Nice. Okay. You too. <laughs> so many golden nuggets in here. Like we talked about communication is a pillar to a great relationship. And we saw that certainly with you too. Now, if you and your partner are struggling to get on the same page with your communication, you're likely gonna have a hard time hearing what is frustrating each other and coming together as a team. If you want to improve your communication, have more peace at home, and find your way back to being better friends, the online course Communication Cures is actually open for registration again. The early bird pricing ends March 17th and registration closes on the 20th at 11.59 p.m. So click on the link in the show notes to get the online course Communication Cures. It's a self-paced course designed to cover four modules. One, catastrophe. This is where where we're going to go over the biggest communication mistakes, sabotaging your communication and how to fix them. The second is is connection, where you can learn how to water your relationship using tools like the five love languages. Consistency, how to build open communication in your day-to-day life. And four, conflict. This is where you're going to get two communication frameworks. One, to help you compromise when you're disagreeing. And two, to help you work through a past fight. So click the link in the show notes for real strategies for how to improve communication with your partner. Anything either of you want to share with our
2: listeners before we go? Um, I mean, the only thing I'll leave you with, I mean, I love that you created communication cures, um, because I really do feel that great communication, you know, and especially being open to listen and communicate, you know, clearly and maturely to each other is one of the most right pivotal things, um, you know, within a marriage or in a relationship. And so I think communication, like if you have good communication, you can talk through things, um, you know, that really helps you build a foundation for, for something really long-term.
1: And, um, well, I just wanted to give you a shout out for, um, the pep talk that, that you had with me a few months back about doing Instagram reels, because I was so (laughs) Resisted to it, and uh, I am very consistent now. I do reels five days a week and have I a good time it. doing it. and <laughs> i I almost hit ten thousand views on my one of my reels for the first woo, time woo. ever. so, and it's it's been fun. So I appreciate you getting me out of my comfort zone and, and not poo-pooing on reels. And there is, you know, a benefit to them. And it's, it's good to show the goofy side of me, which I, people don't get to see too often. So I'm glad that people get to see that now. Uh, And, and to the other point of of emphasis I want to make is, you know, I just want the listeners to know that, you know, no matter what you've been through in your past, um, when you find the right person, they will love and appreciate every aspect of you. Uh, whether it's something related to your past, uh, your present and the future that you're gonna have with that person. So don't worry about judgment. When you meet the right person, they will love every square inch of you and everything that you bring with it.
0: Oh, so nice, such nice words. Okay, if people want to follow you, learn more about the different work that you both do, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, we're both on Instagram. Um, I'm at Scott Aaron LinkedIn, and she's at the BYOB agency. And, um, we have, a our, our company website is, uh, www.thetimetogrow.com. You can find out about, uh, our, uh, marketing agency. You can find out about our mastermind, our posting platform. And, um, you know, if anyone wants to learn what I do with LinkedIn, you can just search Scott, like, honestly, if you just Google Scott, Aaron, um, you'll, <laughs> something will pop up on A-A-Bron. me. You can, you can find me. Yeah. Aaron. So you can, you can find me there.
0: I'll post all those links, uh, in the show notes. If you're listening to this on the podcast as well. Fancy and Scott, thank you so much for sharing your love story, what has helped you along the way with your communication. I appreciate you so, so very much. And if you want some help with your communication in your relationship, click the link in the show notes to learn more about Communication Cures. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.